these big players need to understand that they also need to provide open data for the public innovations and to to achieve this equitable city and equitable spaces for everyone. Welcome to City Stories, the podcast by Energy Cities. I'm Miriam Eisenman and I'm your host. This podcast is for those who want to learn how cities go about with the energy transition, how they take action with courage and creativity. Today I sit down with Pau Bassais from the Barcelona Data Office and we dive into the role of data to design, feed and assess innovative and sustainable policies. The city of Barcelona is leveraging on data for better decision-making and to become a smarter and fairer place. In this episode, Pau shares why big data have become the issue of our time, and he also talks about the Data City Initiative that will contribute to the city's amazing objective of erasing energy poverty in the next eight years. So welcome to City Stories, Pau. Ben, ben gut. Uh, thank you. Gracias. Uh, thanks for inviting us to be here. A pleasure. To start first, can you give a quick intro, let's say your 30 seconds elevator pitch to tell us who is Paul Balsais? Okay, uh, I'm Paul Balsais. I'm working at the Municipal Data Office at Barcelona City Hall. I'm a program manager there, and my main role, or one of my main roles, is to act as a liaison between the, the data office and the data ecosystem that exists in Barcelona, but also at national and international level as well. And so what is the data office mission exactly? Well, the data office mission, in fact, is quite ambitious. Okay, We try to give a more efficient data management model within the city hall. We try to establish a strategic vision in all data projects. We also, of course, we want to incorporate and develop data analytics, so data science within the city hall. And um, with all of this, we also try to align technological tools to be able to promote data science and to promote data-driven projects and data-driven decisions at the, at the city hall level. So it's quite ambitious, as you see. Great. I think we're going to get to some of these projects in a while. Now, from your perspective, why are data actually the big issue of our time? Why do so many cities want to become smarter and use those big data uh, for several of their strategic goals? Well, in fact, the, the talk about data, it's not new. Uh, so in Barcelona, we have more than 100-year history in statistics about the city. So it's not new. What is new, it's a big technological leap that provide data science with new tools, with robust tools that can uh, deal with data in a different way, faster, with bigger amount of data, and improving the, the, the extraction and the ingestion of data. And with the digital transformation within the, within the, in the society, of course, data is being provided more and more each day. So we can take advantage of this information that we get 
from the digital systems. So data is not new, which is new is the big technological leap that will allow us to treat this data in a different manner and to take advantage from it. I would say that this is the main point nowadays. Yeah, I, I, I quite agree. I think the, the technology has al already been there, but it's being used differently. And what I see from my more communications perspective as well is the way uh, data is being visualized and is becoming really something quite tangible to even laymen uh, like, like I am. Uh, and I think that's something that makes it so interesting in, in the work of local governments. Yeah, visualization, as, as you have mentioned, is key. If you think, of, as an example, in the, in the pandemics, everyone was talking about the curve and to flatten the curve because each citizen can understand what a curve is and, and how, to, how important it is to flatten a curve. If you talk about data, numbers, figures, and, and a massive large amount of data by itself, If you are not an statistician or mathematics, you will, okay, you will understand something, but you will not have a clear picture. Exactly. But if you yeah. provide visualization, this will be key. And it's, a, it's a, um, a strong message that you can provide with visualization. Yeah. So w when we talk about the use of data in, in local governments, um, I mean, I understand that getting data can, can certainly help better decision making and, and be really a great force of change. And we will see that, uh, in, in one of your projects, but it also requires, well, people and skills to use this fast paced technology. So I could imagine that, I mean, the idea that many of us have of public authorities is still of having quite a lot of inertia and not necessarily being up to date with all the newest uh, yeah, trends that, that might be out there. So aren't, aren't there still also some barriers in public authorities to innovation and to really use those uh, innovative technologies at their best? Yeah, you have pinpointed the, the key aspect, which is people to have skilled people to treat data, to understand data, and to deal with data. Technology will be there, and we will, as a public sector, we will adopt it. Maybe it will take a little bit more time than in the private sector, but the key aspect is to have the proper people to deal with it, and this is not a trivial issue because, well, the, as you know, to enroll people in the public sector needs to be within some procedures guaranteeing a uh, process. And this is a, well, a, a tough point that we need to surpass. And especially when you are dealing with the private sector that, of course, they can enroll people very fast, offering very high salaries and so on. So this is a a pain topic for us to be to be honest and it's something that we are working on it that's interesting um so uh this means that i mean in your office and in your team you certainly have the, the most skilled people for these uh, missions but then your field is also very transversal so I guess you also work with different other departments and players, right? Yeah, absolutely. We are. We see ourselves as an, a transversal office offering services to the specific uh, areas within the city hall. So we are dealing with mobility, we are dealing with energy, with health, with education and so on. But we are not at all experts in this field. 
So the questions, the, the answers, the data and the information need to come from these areas, which are the, the real experts on the, on the topic. So we will provide tools and we try, we will try to help them to understand that the topic that they are worried about or the topic that they are looking for a solution or for a more efficient way to provide a service. And we will give them new tools to understand the problem and to provide solutions, but we are not experts at all in the, in the field. So mm -hmm. we need to work hand, hand by hand with these people. Mm. So which are these other departments, for example, just to get an idea? Well, as mentioned, all departments we are talking with, usually, of course, with mobility, but we are also talking with people about gender balance. We are talking with people about the cultural sector as well, who is using the libraries, why this library in this specific neighborhood is a success or not. So all the services that the city can provide are linked with us, and we are trying to work with them. Mm -hmm. Now, it would be interesting if you could talk more about very specific um, like uh, projects that you might have where data plays a particular role or recent projects where the use of data can be well illustrated. I know that Barcelona has a number of high-level initiatives and you are involved in one project called Data City. So maybe we can talk about that one first. Yeah, sure. Well, Data City is a, a nice project because it involves a lot of actors because we are not dealing with a specific area by itself, in this case, the energy area. So we also um, work with companies, private sector, to look for a solution for a specific challenge. In this case, the last year's editions, we tried to tackle the, the problem of uh, poverty energy Okay, citizens with a lack of, of resources to, to have a household to live comfortable with the energy. And we try to tackle this issue using uh, solar energy, implementing photovoltaic uh, energy in uh, different uh, public spaces. So what does this project intend to change in Barcelona? It's essentially helping those people who are in energy poverty to get access to renewable energy and to decrease their, their energy bill in that sense? Yes, but not only that. Uh, we try to, to reach for two different goals at the same time. One in terms of to reduce the, the energy bill of the vulnerable people. But at the same time, trying to uh, increase the, the productions of renewable energy in the city. So reducing the impact in pollution due to energy. How should I imagine the place of data in that? Where, where do the data come in and what type of data did you look at? What type of data did you get out of it? We need data in many different aspects. First, you need to understand the citizens who live in Barcelona. So you need to identify Who, who, the, who are the vulnerable people when talking about energy and energy bill. So, and not only who is now, so who will be or who is at risk of being vulnerable in the near future. So this is key. 
to have this data about pro profiling the, the the citizens in Barcelona. Of course, always GDPR compliance, so we need to ensure anonymity and so on and being compliance with the legislation. Okay. This is on one hand. On the other, the other hand, you need to understand energy. So you need to understand which are the best public spaces to produce energy. So which ones receive more, uh, let's say, input from the sun, <laughs> okay, to produce mm -hmm. energy, to have this output in, in, in energy. You need to understand when the energy is, is produced or at what time is the best to produce and who will be using this energy at the time. Because, okay, if we produce energy, let's say, uh, between the 12 and 2 p.m. In the, in, the, in the afternoon, okay, if nobody is using this energy, we will have a problem because if the people will be working at work, they will not put their washes, washing machine on or use it for cook and so on. So there will be a waste of energy. So data is key, as you can see, in, in different aspects of the challenge. I see. And big data and data leadership have uh, really become key elements for all those who want to have influence. I think it's not only cities. But that leads me to this question, because you were talking about the project where vulnerable people are at the center, actually. So we this as one big role of data to help cities in becoming not only smarter, but also like fairer places for those who, are, who might be less advantaged usually? Yeah, absolutely. This is maybe my, my own vision. When you talk about the smarter cities, everyone thinks about sensors and technology and so on. So it's more talking about the, let's say, the hardware, okay? When you are talking about data, we need to look down and, and put the people at the, at the center of the question and understand what are their worries, what are their needs, what are their challenges, and so on. So for me, this is, this is key. When you look for uh, being uh, equitative and, and, and trying to do an, a more livable city, You need data and, and understand data. Yeah, and all this in a in the most uh, transparent way and protecting privacy. I guess this is also an issue that you might be confronted with, where where people might be less open to give access to data. No. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Being compliance and and respect privacy is 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 in a key aspect. We need to put it at the very beginning of every project and every technology to ensure this because it's our our way to to ensure and to give confidence to the citizens. We cannot skip the question and we need to be transparent and we need to have, well, as, as, a, as a, the law says, we have our own data protection officer, which is reachable for the citizens, for any query or any question and in our model uh, it's in this case the the data protection officer it's not within the data office we prefer to have it outside the data office because to avoid any conflict of interest because for us it's, it's key to have someone who can audit us and provide also advice when we mm -hmm. are tackling a problem or or a, or, an, or a specific challenge Very good. So you have kind of a neutral, neutral internal partner who can who can advise you that. 
That's important. Um, you already mentioned that you're also collaborating with uh, private companies. How well does that work? I mean, it's certainly a very strategic partnership, but, but probably not always easy in the sense that data is so key that not all of it might be shared in, an, in, a, in, in the most easy or open way. No, it's true. It's not an easy aspect at all. So deal with the private sector. It's, it's always, it's not always easy. And when you have a big trend that everybody talks about data as a new oil, you can imagine that all the business thinks that data, okay, it's my new treasure and I will be doing a lot of money from the data that I already have. So we need to advocate for data as an infrastructure, as a valuable soil, not oil, soil, where projects nice. can be built from. It's, it's mm -hmm. not mine. It's a sentence that I don't know where it comes from. Okay, but it's really nice. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah I, I do adopt it, but I uh -huh. have to be honest and it's not mine. That's fine. <laughs> it's a soil where the projects can be built from. And sharing data is, is key. And we have big role players in the city, at the city level, that we need to talk with them and to always ensuring, ensuring that we will not, of course, put in danger or put in risk their benefits, because, of course, private sector needs benefits. But they need to see that as, as the public sector is offering data, because when you talk, think about data and public sector, the, the first sentence that comes to your mind, it's open data. These big players need to understand that they also need to provide open data for the public administrations to be fair and to achieve this more equitable city and equitable spaces for everyone. And is there a change of mindset in the private sector on that? Well, I, I try to be positive always. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, yes, I think Europe is leading a trend that it's not using the, let's say, the more North American way of seeing data. And I think that this big trend and this big political speech and so on, it helped us. It's still a long way to go, to be honest. Mm. Mm. But I'm confident that we'll be there one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about trends, that was one, one question that I had as well. Do you see some big trends coming up for the next year or decades, years or decades that will shape local government in a particular way? Well, uh, we are, let's say, betting in one way for what we call not real-time data, so more near real-time data, because... Mm -hmm. Technology uh, is there and it's available for, for treating the, the big amount of data coming from, as mentioned before, sensors and also the, the smartphones and so on. So we need to implement the, the analytics of this near time, near real time data, not only to, to, to tackle problems, but also to evaluate actions and implementations. Because for us, also, we are something that the public sector is not used. Public sector used to evaluate uh, an action or a, or a policy in the mid-long term. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to make a big step to evaluate uh, political questions in, in a shorter term. So mm -hmm. maybe not the day after, 
but maybe in four, six months time to see if this action implemented has been, has been successful or not, or maybe uh-huh. it has been successful in one way and not in the expected way. <laughs> so um, very interesting. Um, you, you also said your, your mission uh, includes lizing at international level. So I'd be curious to know, Pao, if in your job you already uh, came to places where you've seen some pioneering data work uh, at local government level, some things that might maybe already include those trends that you just mentioned, uh, cities which are, let's say, monitoring data in a, in a much faster way than this might happen in Barcelona or, or in other European cities or any other Any other like surprising and, and outstanding uh, use of data? Well, uh, I... I think that Barcelona, to be, to be honest, it's, we are in a quite right position at the public mm-hmm. sector. But of course, there are cities doing things better than us and, and reacting faster. I think Amsterdam is doing really well. Helsinki with, in terms of privacy and so on, it's performing and, and with the ethical aspects of data, it's well advanced and it's very interesting, the path that they are following. We also have REN, which has created the spaces for sharing data in France, mm-hmm. which is very, very interesting. So I think that cities are taking the, the leadership, to be honest. Maybe because the, the scale is better, it's easier that at the national level where you have different, uh, more actors and more citizens involved. But I think that the role of cities are, are key. Of course, mm. we have New York City, but it's a different model, more in close to the private sector, I would say. Mm-hmm. And also in, uh, we have exchanging views with, with Korea and with Tokyo as well. Mm-hmm. So we we are having a, a nice group of people trying to to perform and to share experience with data, and this is also a, a big a big thing for Barcelona. Definitely, I think that helps you um, move forward uh, even faster. All those exchanges. Ooh, it's yeah. it's yeah. important yeah. to say to mention that all maybe not all of these cities, but a big group of these cities is is betting on using free libre software for the applications, which also allows that the sharing experiences not only in words, so sharing tools and um, and technology, which mm-hmm. is a, also a big step and and for implementation and for faster implementation. And this is something that we need to to give a push and and sustain the, the momentum. Nice. So you are talking about open software, which is usable uh, by, by anybody. Exactly. Transparent as well. Also allows yeah. audit from the for third companies or citizens and so on. So it can be reused not only for the public sector, but also for the private sector. So it's mm-hmm. public money for public code, let's say. <laughs> we are close to the end now and uh, we always want to make sure in each episode that our listeners have a clear takeaway from from what they heard so I wanted to ask you as the final question what's an advice that you would share with folks working in local governments in Europe essentially I think Barcelona is quite advanced uh, in that sense so any innovation advice uh, to give to other cities? 
Well, I don't know if we are in a place to give advice to anyone, but uh, I would say as a sharing experience that for us, which has been more useful, is not to think big. So think in a specific projects and tackle a specific problems always hand by hand with a, with a specific area, as mentioned before, with mobility, health, education, whatsoever. So with the experts on this area and try to provide tools to these people in an in a agile manner. So thinking about in a short-term project where you can deliver a first solution or a first tool very fast, very soon, although this solution or this first person will be not perfect. So perfect is always the enemy of the good. So try to think a little, but being very reactive, very agile, and very close to the people that will be using the tool. And, and these people need to understand the tool and which information is given them the tool. So don't do not think, think big. I think this will be the first step. And then you will have a group of fans, let's say, and they will give you a push and increase within the organization, increase um, within the organization. So this will be my and I think my colleagues' advice to anyone in the public sector. That's a great advice. So start with small steps and build your skills to kind of move forward. I want to thank you very much for joining me, Pau, and uh, to share the work you do in Barcelona. It's really sounds really exciting. And I'm sure other local governments will be able to explore similar initiatives. We're really looking forward to track your progress also on like the 2030 goals. And um, personally, I think this um, goal to increase renewables by five and to get to zero energy poverty in the next day, eight years. It's, it just sounds amazing. And I hope that uh, the work that you and your team do will help like not only monitor this, but really get to this uh, amazing figure. So thanks a lot and good luck for, for all the upcoming projects that you will have in Barcelona. Thanks for your interest and fingers crossed. Bye. Bye. Today's episode was brought to you by the EU project Empower. Empower explores how cities and citizens can manage the energy transition together in a fair, clean and democratic way. Participation can happen at various stages, from involving citizens, local NGOs or businesses in the policy design, to any stage of the energy value chain, for example, as shareholders or even prosumers. The Empower project gets funding from the European Horizon 2020 program. Go to the website municipalpower.org to learn more about Empower. And don't forget to regularly check out Energy Cities' website energy-cities.eu. We provide you with political updates and great stories around the energy transition in Europe. energy-cities.eu